Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hub City Music Society presents Sparkle City Sessions live from downtown Spartanburg, South Carolina at the fabulous New Way Lounge, the oldest bar in town. We're here with Mr. Mark DeBalt. How are you doing, sir? Good, good. Really good. Well, we're glad to have you here. We know you had just come from the freight yard where they were having a, uh, a shindig. Uh, by the time this thing airs, though, they will be closed for the season, uh, unfortunately. Freight yard and the new way are two of the cooler places in town. Would you not agree? Oh, definitely. So, um, Mark, tell us. Uh, uh, Mark, Mark Tabalt is a local singer-songwriter here in town, and uh, and uh, him and I have a duo uh, that we put together. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, let's get into uh, Mark. Where you're from originally? Where's your family from? And uh, when did you get into music? Okay, so. Uh I mean, this is where I'm from, basically. I'm third generation American on my uh, my dad's side. My dad, his whole family, they're all from up north. But uh, my grandparents, they were from Lithuania. But uh, my dad ended up here, and basically that's it. I was born and raised in Spartanburg. Spartanburg. Yeah. Probably got into music high school. Started playing with punk bands. Had a couple friends that played, and uh, yeah, that was pretty much it, man. Just punk stuff. So uh, let me ask you this: No uh, church singing, uh, no um, parents making you play the piano or nothing like that. No, not growing up. Now in my adult life, yes, but but not growing up. So you're in high school and you start. What made you want to get in the bug of music? Uh, probably uh, probably Nirvana, man. Uh, believe it or not. So I didn't grow up in a musical family. I didn't have family members that played instruments. Uh, we were a sports family, and I, I played sports, and uh, I don't know. All of a sudden, I heard Nirvana, and it, it made me want to pick a guitar up. Well, now, what area of Spartanburg did you grow up in? Boiling Springs. Okay. So, Nirvana, uh, probably off their Nevermind album or a couple before it. Did you get? Did you find them before they went mainstream? Yeah, I, I had a friend that played guitar and uh, played in some local bands, and he had, uh, it was actually the Bleach album was the first thing I ever okay. heard from yeah. Nirvana. That was before they, they yeah. hit big. Yeah. yeah, I had a bunch of people into that grunge scene, and uh, the first band I heard from there was Soundgarden, and it was a live album. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. good. Yeah. And I wouldn't really, I mean, Pearl Jam's great live, and, and they write some great tunes, but I think I gravita- gravitated more towards the really good singer-songwriters to that area like like of course Soundgarden was definitely one of those guys you know Chris Cornell hell of a singer yeah um he's sadly missed uh all right so we're in the high school and you're playing punk bands okay so what's happening after that uh where'd you where'd you go from punk well from punk believe it or not you know I, I played punk I kind of stayed in that music and I think I was about I was maybe 20 years old when I first picked up a, a Doc Watson VHS tape, and it was kind of like one of these Doc, one of these learn, you know, to play the tunes. Had the tab that came along with it, and uh, man, I just totally fell in love with Doc Watson. So from there, you know, that that was kind of what I did. I just kind of woodshedded. I didn't play out much. Uh, f- in fact, I don't think I, I've regularly played out again until I started playing out with like a, a, a death metal like band later when I was in my early 30s. Was that the 2000s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so you were listening to um, 
Doc Watson and stuff like that, but playing death metal. Yeah, and always, if I, if I was in a band, it wasn't just death metal. I, I was in a couple like modern rock uh, cover bands also, and any time that I'd, I'd, I would write an original song, it would always come out as sounding like, a, you know, something with like that country folk influence to it, and I would bring it up to the band, and, and they would just look at me like I had two heads. You know, it just never made sense for, for what I was actually playing and and listening to right well i mean you know that's a lot of people like that you know uh some some people don't even listen to this kind of genre they play when they're traveling around on the road uh but um now the first time i saw you i think was at the brick house yeah uh and that was at the the old the old sunday songwriters place Mm -hmm. um sunday songwriters hosted by jameson smith um now what year was that do you think 2016 2016? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Around there. Well, uh, now, I saw Mark play all kinds of places, and, and we didn't really we didn't really hang out or anything, but uh, we uh, started a duo called the Tall Grass Duo, and it's in its infancy stages right now, and we're going to play a few songs or a couple of songs from that here later on. Um, but tell us... Tell us uh, Tell us now. You, you you dabble in real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a, a website or anything? Uh, yeah, I do. So it's basically my name, uh, Mark Tabalt. Yeah, Mark Tabalt. Um, dot exp realty. Okay. Yeah. Now we all know that the market's kind of lax right now because interest rates are so high. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you are looking for something out there, please get in touch with uh, Mark. Yeah. Um, do you have any music online? Uh, you know, I think I got a uh, maybe a, a home recorded like self produced album on uh, Bandcamp. Okay, well, a lot of people put stuff on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty cool little site. Uh, well, uh, we plan on to record a little EP here in the near future, uh, probably in the next three months, I'd say. And I'm excited about that. You excited about that, man? Oh, you know I am, man. Hell yeah! yeah. Now we we. Uh, as a duo, you know we're, we're kind of we're kind of uh, lucky that uh, we can we can afford the time to do what we're doing. But um, eventually, we do want to get you know the the fiddle the fiddle player and the stand up bass player guy. We do want that, I know. Um, yeah. But let me tell you guys. I mean, since this is like this is essentially Mark DeVault's podcast, but since we're pushing the duo. I would like to give a little bit of background about the Hub City Music Society. Yeah. All right, so the Hub City Music Society was formed. Do you remember the club? Um, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, do you remember uh, the Guitar Bar? I do, yeah. All right, so Mark Higgins and Scott Cox owned the Guitar Bar. And we, one night, and, and Robbie Caldwell, I don't know if you know Robbie Caldwell, but he used to run sound for them back then, among other things. And... Uh, we were sitting at the bar one night, and we noticed that we were having a lot of people coming from out of town, you know, to play the bar. Because it was, you know, it's at 250-seater. Uh, you know, a band can make some pretty decent money out of there. So, we kind of got the idea to put, try to group all these musicians together and try to work to build a, a huge scene of, of mutual, you know, respect and, and help. And at one point there, before the bar went under, the bar had some hard times and had to close, and then they sold the building, and it's no longer there. 
Uh, but before the bar closed, we had almost 30 bands and psh, ever how many people that is in the society. And they were all, we were all meeting at the guitar bar and we would fill up that whole room almost with, with uh, the big room where the bands would play. Mm -hmm. And we actually did take a group. See, here's what, here's what we wanted to do. Let me tell you. So we wanted to put some compilation albums together of all these groups, uh, send them out, get a little bus, a little small bus, and take a group of the Hub City Music Society to each of these places and play it as a group. You know, like, like, uh, like Barney Barnwell kind of used to do back in the day. Uh, he, would, he would take little groups, you know. And uh, so we actually did that. One time, we went and got to play at the, hand, uh, not the handlebar, but the, the uh, um, well, it's the old blues club up in North Carolina. It's no longer there anymore. Um, Double Door? Yeah. Okay. We, we got to go and play up the Double Doors, like yeah. five or six of us. And um, then the bar closed, and it kind of went by the wayside. I was kind of like, well, Robbie, Robbie Caldwell moved to, uh, to Austin, and Mark and Scott split up and stuff, so... I kind of kept it going, and in 2010, uh, I started live streaming uh, from up here at the New Way and at the Brick House. It was under the uh, Hub City Records then, and we had concepts because we were streaming and nobody else was. This is before before Facebook was doing it, before YouTube was live streaming. You only had like Twitch and a couple other places that you could stream live on. So we was doing that. We did that for about two and a half years. Then I moved to Austin. And uh, then when I came back, we started up this thing again. But it took a little bit, you know. Uh, every now and then I would do, you know, like a benefit or something. Like uh, I think we did a, a big benefit show for uh, Brian Teague's anniversary of his passing at the Capri one time down there in uh which is a great theater have you ever been to the capri and gaffney i have not oh it's a great theater and it, and they used to have the seats in there too mm -hmm. uh but they took them out so they could get more people but it's a great place so anyway that's the that's the little history of the hub city music society uh tell us what what you've got going on uh other than playing with us right now uh, i mean you do your solo uh, stuff yeah so, so I do my solo stuff. I do, I do some songwriter gigs. I have actually not booked a gig since uh, COVID. I haven't, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, other than open mics, you know, I haven't played out. Uh, it doesn't have so much to do with COVID as it has that I just haven't been uh, actively writing as much. Well, let me ask you. Uh, well, yeah, I was about to say, let me ask you about your writing because you're a storyteller. Yeah. Uh, you like to tell stories with your songs. And uh I, I, I like story songs, but I, I also like the mantra songs. Mm -hmm. You know, the ones that have the great little melody and just the catchy little hooks and stuff yeah, that, yeah. that relate in some generalized way and not, yeah. not so specific. Yeah. Uh, but where do you get your information? I mean, where do you get your inspiration from for that? Uh, you know, I think it honestly, it, it goes back to that punk. Like when, when you were talking about the mantra, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the punk of... Yeah, you know, that's the blueprint for a punk song. You know, well, you yeah. have to have that mantra in there. You know, that that slogan or that anthem. Punk songs are about a minute long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> e even though my songs are storytelling uh, driven, 
I, that chorus is something that I really, you know, it's it's that uh, don't bore us, get to the chorus. You know, it's that kind yeah. of uh, mentality. That's the that's the Sh- short and sweet uh, chorus or short and sweet verses and uh, yeah, really hard hitting choruses, right. kind of. Right. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, everybody wishes they could write like Bob Dylan in a twenty three verse song, you yeah, know, and all yeah. that stuff. But do you really have to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's easier to do that. You, Honestly, I think it's do. easier to do that. This, the, the simplest stuff is the hardest it's, stuff it's, to do. It's easier know? to write that stuff, but harder to remember it when you're on stage. Yeah, harder I, to remember <laughs> it when you're on stage, you know, and, and as far as from an audience viewpoint, you know, you, it's, it's. Uh, I don't know, I, I kind of look at it from, I, I'm trying to dissect as much of the, uh, uh, as much of the verbiage that, that I think may bore somebody away, you know, it, it, to, to strip it down to... I don't know that that anthem that that uh, something that's going to stick in somebody's mind more more of a melody thing. Well, you know you can't. That's the tough thing. Uh, you can't really tell with society. Society goes certain ways, and it's a herd mentality. Yeah. And and, and especially uh, now with media and stuff, you know, back back probably in the old days, you had to rely on newspapers to to know which way to go or which way to kind of right. lean towards. Now you have every view and every opinion possible to choose from. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with the information age, and I mean that's that's a good thing if you want to have all the 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 uh, you know all the information, but there also is a a, a catch with that. Uh, fringe minorities can word stuff just so that. It can all it can entice you know yeah. and and draw people down a path that they shouldn't maybe not go uh it's it's like putting putting something that's addictive in front of an addict yeah you know yeah. they're they're, they're going to choose it and that's why it's so so really really um when it comes to the internet i i i just stick to what i want to get on there and learn yeah. and then i don't even worry about anything else uh, but uh, now, where do you pull your, and that's kind of like leading to where do you pull your inspiration from? Uh, it can come from, it can come from anywhere. I mean, it can come from, from in my adult life, I guess it's mostly came from, you know, my occupation, things I do, things that take up my time that I wish didn't take up my time. Well, now you've got kids too. Did yeah, any of your, yeah, so, your songs got, come from your kids or anything? I'm sure some did. Yeah. I mean, some of them have came from, you know, just, just parenthood in mm-hmm. general, uh, and also being married. I, I mean, wow, me and Summer have been married for 26 years. So, I mean, a, a lot of that comes from that. And then, uh, I, I, I would think, though, I, I like to read. I, I read a lot. Like, uh, you know, I, I bought a house just because of the built-in bookcases, you know. I, I, <laughs> so, I mean, right. I, re, I read a lot. So, a lot of it comes from that. Uh, and 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 I really like Southern Gothic type of stuff, and I feel like that's where my writing kind of it goes in that direction a little bit. Well, you know, I, I think that I, I like to... Uh, it's like I was talking with you earlier, you know, I was, I pulled a couple of things from a show I was watching the other day, you know, it's a show from a, uh, from another uh, country, mm-hmm. and some of the phrasing and some of the words that they do on there, it just, I was like, holy cow, you know, that would, that lends itself to either a really great song, or a really great title of a yeah. song, or a name of a, of a group, you know, and I was like, wow, so, and, and usually stuff like that doesn't hit me you know like that but it was a way that 
the dude said it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. He said, you know, he kind of said it with a lot of conviction. And and any words, any 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 words uh, like that, um, if you if you put the right energy behind them, they mean something, and yeah. they and they actually cause a little ripple in the space-time continuum, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And and it changes things a yeah. little bit. Um, so, now, I know that... Uh, what what, did, what does Summer do again? You told me, what, what was that she does? She travels all over the place, right? Yeah, but she's in she's in healthcare. So, uh, she yeah. works for uh, Regenesis Healthcare here in Spartanburg. Yeah, we got a lot of healthcare here in Spartanburg. A lot of things. What is that, Beacons over here? Yeah. yeah is, that, is that a college... It's a homeopathic. It's, uh, it's a school, right? Yeah, yeah it, is a, it is a school of medicine, yeah. So that means we've got like seven colleges in this town. Yeah. I, I, you know, I tripped out on that, but I also did the research, and guess how many stood? Well, I haven't added in VCon and maybe Limestone. I might have. But I think altogether, all the kids that go to school here only adds up to about 25,000, maybe mm-hmm. tops. Yeah. Which is quite a bit, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. considering UT, one school has like 70,000 kids going yeah. to it. And that's crazy right there. So, man, uh, we're going we're gonna to play some music here for everybody. Uh, you want to go ahead and do that? Sure, man. Let's All right. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, just hold on for a second. We're going to take a quick pause. And we'd like to thank the New Way Lounge here for having us uh, on this fine Saturday afternoon. Live with Mark DeVault and Mark Rocco Dawson. We'll be right back here in just a few seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Mark DeVault and Mark Dawson here, the tall grass duo. Uh, please introduce the song there, and uh, and well, we'll we'll make sure we do about four, and then we'll get out. Yeah. So uh, this song was uh, I got obsessed uh, slightly with Amelia Earhart for a while. Uh, this is called Blaze. Coming 
I'm not gonna get out of here Where the sea we disappear. 
that girl, she was the sweetest thing. 